Hey everybody, welcome back to the Orangutan Academy. Here we are soaking up the sun, loving the beaches, enjoying the sunshine and the grass, making animals out of the clouds. And while we're doing all of these really fun things, we are also dealing with some very intense and strong emotions that hit us out of the blue every now and again. So today we had one of our three chickens pass away. So we had three chickens, we now have two. They were named after the Sanderson sisters because one is blue, one was red, and one is yellow. So we named them Mary, Sarah, and Winnie. And today Winnie passed away in my arms. And it was uh, very emotional and a difficult thing to process. The twins are definitely impacted by it, but they just really surprised me when they didn't ask a lot of questions. They understood she became a wonderful soul. I did a previous podcast on what wonderful soul means and how we've integrated wonderful soul into their understanding of death. And they were sad and they shed tears and they showed emotions. And one of the twins even wanted to hold her after she had passed. And she was just quiet and, and respectful. And she petted Winnie and said her goodbyes. And we did what we needed to do. And so we're all kind of grieving today and sitting in that realm of death is right around the corner for anything and everything that walks on this earth. And that's what makes life so beautiful, but it doesn't make it any less scary. So we're also sitting in a place of how do we unpack our emotions? How do we maneuver our emotions? How can we better understand them so that life continues to be joyful even through the hard times, which I think is everyone's goal. Welcome to the episode harmonious boundaries. And yes, I said petted and I'm not going to edit it out. Explaining difficult feelings and emotions to a child or even to yourself and working through those problems is hard. It's not an easy thing. I mean, every day there's new emotions that come up for myself or for my husband or people that are really close to me and we don't know how to process them especially emotions that we've never dealt with before i have never lost a chicken before and i am sitting here trying to figure out how to maneuver through these emotions while also consoling the children and watching them maneuver through their own emotions but i'm a proud mama in this moment because i'm seeing them handling it very very well this entire podcast episode is really about these strong emotions that we come up against like a wall throughout our entire lives and how me as a mama I'm trying to teach my children you can't eliminate them and you don't want to eliminate them because they're what help you grow and it helps you become the person that you really want to be and so whenever we come up against that wall how we process our emotions is what matters also how we set boundaries I have a very recent kind of funny experience and I didn't experience it firsthand Uh, this story was passed down from my husband who experienced it, but it had to do with one of the twins dealing with an emotion that she didn't really know how to put a term to. So she had these feelings coming up within her and she didn't have a name for it. She could only kind of ask questions around it because she couldn't even describe it. There was this day where the twins went up to my husband and asked him, what does embarrassed mean? And apparently they had heard this term either from close friends, us, the TV, vacation Bible school. I don't know where they heard this term, but they heard the term embarrassed. And so she was really trying to understand what this term meant. Um, Not even really associating it with a feeling that she was having currently, okay? So my husband's like, how do I even describe this? So he Googles um, to come up with a definition. And so a person or thing that feels embarrassed is self-conscious or has shame or awkwardness. And so he's trying to describe this to this five-year-old. When you're embarrassed, 
you don't really want people to see, you kind of want to hide. It was a very difficult term for him to describe to her. She's satisfied with the definition that he gives her. They move on. So later on, what ends up happening is when the other twin, the opposite twin from asking about what embarrassed means, she comes up to me and she asks me if she could have one of these lunch boxes that came out of the lunchbox cabinet. So we have a cabinet that's completely devoted to lunch boxes back whenever they were going to school. Well, obviously we haven't used those because we homeschool now and so there's no need for them. And so one of these lunch boxes has a cute little kitty with glasses on that one of the twins loves and it was her lunchbox so she's like hey can I have this and I was like yeah of course and so she said I'm gonna put my art supplies in it I was like good idea I have no other use for it so she takes it and I hadn't seen it okay later on my husband tells me that he overheard a conversation between the twins regarding this lunchbox there was a free day we didn't have school it's summer my husband was off of work he tells the twins, hey, we're going to go to the park. We have this really awesome park right around the corner. It's got a splash pad. It's got sand. It's got a huge jungle gym, tunnels, all the things. It's really magnificent. They love it. So he says, hey, we're going to go to, we're going to go to the park. So the girls get very excited. Well, the twin that has the kitty cat lunchbox with glasses decides she wants to pack her clothes in this lunchbox and bring them because they have to have a swimsuit and they have to have dry clothes because of the splash pad. And you see where I'm going. So the twin who is obsessed with the lunchbox says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pack my clothes in the lunchbox. And the other twin who was previously asking about embarrassment is not okay with this plan. And my husband overhears the twins having a conversation about this lunchbox and whether or not it's okay to pack clothes in it. So we're gonna have lunchbox twin and emotional twin. Okay, so lunchbox twin is very excited. She says, I'm gonna pack my clothes in this lunchbox that she likes with the kitty. And the other twin, is trying to talk lunchbox twin out of using this lunchbox to hold her clothes. Emotional twin is trying to convince lunchbox twin that it is unacceptable to have a lunchbox with clothes in it to bring to the park. Lunchbox twin is telling emotional twin, give me a reason why. Explain to me why I can't put my clothes in a lunchbox. Emotional twin never uses the word embarrassed but completely describes everything that her father had taught her about what embarrassed was. And she's just telling Lunchbox Twin, I don't want you to, it's not right, that's not what goes in there, like people are gonna see it, like I don't think you should, I don't think you should, I think you should use this bag instead. And Lunchbox Twin's not having it, she says, no, I'm gonna pack my clothes in the lunchbox. <laughs> and it was just this really funny conversation that went on between the twins where Emotional Twin got defeated and Lunchbox Twin ended up packing her clothes in her lunchbox and she proudly marched onto that splash pad with her lunchbox with everything she needed and she was successful and she could care less what anybody else thought. Emotional Twin over here, I think once they got to the park, it didn't matter anymore. But through those difficult moments of identifying that she was feeling embarrassed and she didn't want people to see her twin with a lunchbox with clothes in it, uh, she had a difficult time processing it and I think this was just a very good learning curve for her and she never displayed anger like she never got super frustrated you could just tell she's having an emotion that she can't really identify and she's trying to set a boundary but it wasn't within her realm to do so and then you've got the other twin over here who also set a boundary which was it doesn't matter what you think or anyone else thinks I'm packing my clothes in my lunchbox If you ask any new mama 
or any new pet owner or anyone taking on the responsibility of another being, human or not, there are constant influxes of criticism and what you should do. There are constant opinions that are flying your way like mockingbirds after your head. Like it's crazy how many people have an opinion, which is a good thing to have an opinion, but how many people voice their opinion when it's not invited. And so as a new mom, you're trying to not only deal with the daily struggles of sleep deprivation and trying to figure it out, but you're also having to filter through advice that may or may not have been elicited. And I think many, many new parents can identify with this and know what I'm talking about. As a new mama and a new daddy, when you're starting out, like you are so tired and you are trying to do the best you can in the moments that you are doing them. But I mean, you really, you really only have so much energy because you really are running on such little sleep. You don't have the experience to really show you the way you have to kind of figure it out, but you also have to go on instinct. And whenever these mockingbirds are flying at your head and at your gut and trying to make you feel a certain way or make you do things a way that isn't consistent with how you're feeling internally, boundaries have to be set. This was the first time in my life that I had ever really experienced what it was like to set a real and true boundary. Obviously, growing up, I had set boundaries, you know, throughout, but there was nothing so concrete as when I decided to have children, had children, and I chose certain paths or certain ways to do things that many people around me wouldn't have chose. And I am very open to ideas. I'm very open to different concepts, but also I don't believe in receiving opinions that aren't asked for in the time in which things are taking place. So if an opinion is asked for, therefore it's welcomed, yes. However, Every mama reserves the right to reject or accept any piece of advice they choose. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. And nobody reserves the right to place a burden on a new mama to feel required to accept or reject any piece of advice. Seasoned mamas are there to help and to protect and to make the transition into mamahood easier. But I don't think shame and guilt should go along with that. And a lot of times that is what happens and I myself experienced it. And I'm sure it's a very, very common thing that happens. Us as new mamas, we have got to figure out how to set boundaries. And so whenever this was happening, I was getting all of these different pieces of advice. And whenever I wouldn't do what was told, I went a different route. I'll give you an example. We did not want to give our children cow milk. After research that I had done, it was a decision on my own. And so we chose another route with a different supplement. And that's our choice to do so. There were people that didn't like that. But it couldn't matter because this was my boundary. My boundary was that my choice is my choice at the end of the day. I will welcome opinions when I feel it's necessary and I reserve the right to accept or reject what your opinion or your advice is. There was a very hard moment where we had to invite certain members over to our home and lay down this very thought process and say, this is my boundary. This is where we stand. We reserve the right as parents to reject or accept and you can accept that or not but this is where we draw the line and it's no longer warranted here. I was listening to a podcast on the Rachel Hollis podcast and there was a guest speaker on there. Her name was Melissa Urban and she's written a book on this very concept about boundaries and it was enlightening to me how she perceived boundaries and how to set them and she sets them on a green light, yellow light, red light basis and so what this means is your green light boundaries 
For example, somebody tells you you need to feed your baby cow milk. Doing a green light boundary would sound something like, no, we've actually preferred to go a different route, but I appreciate you being thoughtful and offering your opinion. This is what a yellow light boundary would look like. The person says, I don't think you need to feed your child anything but cow milk. My yellow light boundary would be, okay, as I've stated before, I appreciate you being concerned. However, I am not going to feed my child cow milk and that is my final decision and I don't want to have this conversation again. A red light boundary after repeated offenses would sound something like, I've had this conversation too many times. If this is what you're going to bring up, you're no longer allowed in my house. And that's just a hardcore stop. And I just really liked this concept Melissa Urban wrote about in her book. Um, I think it's very approachable. I think it's easy because it's got a three-step process. I have not specifically announced this um, green light, yellow light, red light boundary thought process to the twins. However, um, we are teaching them about boundaries and how to set your boundaries and how your voice is important. And so I was in the truck with the girls one day and they were having an argument amongst themselves in the back seat, and I'm just listening to their argument. My husband was with me. And I don't even remember what the argument was about, but it went something like one twin was upset at the other twin. I'm hearing them bicker. So I hear one twin begin to announce, I am not gonna have this conversation with you if you are going to continue to behave like this. And me and my husband look at each other, we're like, what did she just say? Like, she sounds like she's like in her 20s. Holy cow, they really do listen to us. And so the twins are going back and forth. Well, I'm not gonna listen to you or be in this conversation with you because you're not respecting me. And they just, y'all, they were going back and forth using these words that we obviously have used with them whenever we're trying to like work through something or set boundaries or whatever have you. But it was really, really cute and interesting to see them interact between each other, engaging in kind of this confrontational conversation, but navigating it better than I think they even realized by using their feeling words, stating what they meant, and then finally being like, I'm not gonna have this conversation with you anymore. And they finally get to that red light boundary and I'm like, this is amazing, <laughs> that's a win. We're gonna take it and put it in the memory bank, score. over the years, and I hear it, it's a very common piece of advice, is to not fight in front of your children. So, in our house, I would have to define what the word fight means. Do I think you should smack each other and kick each other around? Absolutely not. Like, violence is never the answer. That is not what we're doing. Do I think you should have a constructive argument in front of your children? 100%. And the very first time that we really took note of this, um, me and my husband, we were in the kitchen, and there was a new recipe we were trying because we try a new recipe every week. And we were arguing over whether or not we should use avocado oil or olive oil for this recipe. And here's my husband. I think we should use the avocado oil. It's got a high smoke point. And I'm like, but the olive oil has tasted better when we've sauteed it in this. And so we're going back and forth over this. And finally, I cave. And I'm like, you know what? We can have the avocado oil. And the twins are watching this entire shenanigan go down. We use the avocado oil. The next topic was what kind of cheese are we gonna throw in? And I have an idea of how I wanna do the cheese and he has an idea and we are just, you know, no, you need to cut the onions this way. No, I don't wanna cut them that way. <laughs> like it just was, it was like this snowball of one thing after another and we were just standing our ground and setting our boundary and stating this is what I think and this is why and you have to come to a compromise. And then finally, at one point during this, my husband looks at me, he's like, are we really gonna do this in front of the kids? And I was like, absolutely 100% because this is how 
you show them how arguments are supposed to take place. And so that's what we did. And since then, we've had a couple more little arguments back and forth about things that I feel strongly about or about something that he feels strongly about. And whenever either of us feel strong about something, we voice that we feel strong about it. We state why we feel strong about it and why we think the other person should mold to what we're trying to accomplish. And this goes on in front of the twins every time we have it. We never push them out of the room. We never tell them to leave. We don't raise our voice. There's no violence, but there's constructive arguments going on to teach our children that this is how life is. You are going to run into people in your life that don't agree with you 100%. And that is okay because again, as I've said, it takes all kinds of kinds to make this world turn. However, you do have to figure out a way to navigate those conversations constructively and effectively to have a greater outcome because again, it takes all kinds of kinds and you have to hold hands with those people to accomplish goals in this world. Me and my husband, we are married. We love each other dearly. We argue and we come to a solution on the other end. It is just a revolving door of figuring it out. And I want them to see it because I want them to know that whenever they're older and they get married and they decide to have a family that it is not wonderful and fun all the time. Like you are going to have difficult conversations and you're gonna be better equipped to have that conversation just like they were better equipped to have the conversation in the back seat stating that they felt like they weren't being respected. <laughs> and I just think this is the way to go about it. Not just verbally telling them how, but showing them how we do this in life. There's a funny story I wanna tell y'all that happened whenever we were in Madagascar. So we went to Madagascar to do marine conservation. We built artificial reefs to conserve sea life. We did a lot of scuba diving, a lot of projects there, a lot of community restoration. So this project brought people from all over the world to this one place. We had people from London, we had people from Greenland, Iceland, Australia, France, like they came from everywhere. It was just a big melting pot of beautiful, amazing people. So my husband and I, we arrived at the island and it was just like meeting anybody else. Everyone has to get to know each other and that takes time. And we were there for two weeks. You know, we're making our mark. We're talking to people. People are trying to figure us out. We're trying to figure people out, trying to really figure out where our place is while we do this awesome work. And what me and my husband began to notice is that there was this tendency for people to not want to be around what were the Americans, which the Americans consisted of me and my husband. And there was another girl who was from like the northern parts of the United States. This was honestly one of the very first times I've it actually may be the only time that I was discriminated against because of where I come from. I was discriminated against automatically written off because I came from America. And me and my husband kind of talked about this whenever we were alone looking at the stars and just trying to figure out what is wrong. Like I can't pinpoint why these people are so standoffish. I don't know why their behavior is what it is. And I, we weren't mad. We weren't upset. We were just trying to figure out while we lay on this rock and look at the stars how do we weasel our way into their hearts because we were going to we were determined that you're going to understand who I am and you're going to see who I am because it's genuine and it's honest and I want to accomplish this marine conservation project together but they were obviously setting down some very very hard boundaries and so as we gently and sweetly weaseled our way into their hearts like we wanted to they started opening up and they started seeing a different picture of us I will say in comparison to the other American who was there, it made a lot of sense why their perspective 
was what it was. So we became brave enough after we felt like good relationships were established with these people to ask them, hey, what is it with Americans? Why don't people want to talk to us initially? Like, why do we feel closed out automatically and coming? And and this was just an open discussion. This wasn't blame. This was this wasn't anything negative. This was just us wanting to know because we really couldn't figure it out. And so they laughed, they giggled, all of them. Y'all, the answer we got was the last thing we ever expected. Our idea of Americans and their behavior is evidenced by the Kardashians. And I was like, what just happened? I looked at my husband, we bust out laughing because what they're explaining to us is that they think that Americans all behave like the Kardashians. Like that is their idea of what the American people are and how they behave. And they could not be more off point. However, the other American that was there from the Northern parts of the United States I mean, I don't know how to say this in the best way, but let's just say my husband and I are peasants in comparison to where she came from, which is fine because we would rather sleep with the sheep anyways. She obviously came from some money and she obviously had an attitude that was very conditioned by that situation that she grew up in. We could kind of see where they were getting this perspective from. But it was so amazing to watch these beautiful people's boundaries just slowly erode and they would erode more and more and their threshold for our acceptance became easier and easier. We just got to really be honest in what we think and how we feel and we even made such an impression on them that they said that they look forward to meeting other people who are from the southern parts of the United States. So we made an impression and we got to meet some really great people and have open and honest conversations and really get some crazy weird perspective because I didn't see that I didn't see that coming. I was I would never have thought that they based their expectations of what an American's behavior would be like on the Kardashian family, which is just so not the norm. It is not the norm. It is an outlier. But it was really awesome to watch these people have a very hard stop a very hard boundary initially from the moment we stepped foot on the island until we left. It was just night and day. It was night and day. Their their boundaries slowly disintegrated and we got to become closer to them. So this has been a really fun episode. We're touching on some things that have happened in the past. We're touching on things that are very newly happening with the twins and how they establish their own boundaries and even us as parents how we are learning to establish boundaries not just with our children but with everyone who's in our circle and we are also learning how to respect and comply with boundaries that people set for us because we love them and we want to see perspectives from everyone that's within our circle and and people that are not in our circle because we want a different outlook we want to see things differently than what our own eyes can see And the only way that we can do that is by respecting boundaries and not jumping into other people's bubbles and teaching our children that that is what's important. It's important for yourself independently and it's important for the relationships that you build with other people to make your life. I don't think this is something that'll ever be easy to do. I don't think it's something that ever gets easier, but I think it's something that when continuously practiced and observed, 
is so worthwhile and just really strikes that joy in your heart and that elation that everyone wants to feel for just being alive and trusting and loving in those relationships that we build within ourselves and with everyone around us. Harmonious boundaries are very important. We want boundaries that can be within harmony as much as possible. And when you hit the red light, it is what it is because at some point, maybe there has to be a sacrifice to continue to feel like that relationship within yourself, with yourself is established and concrete and solid. And perhaps there is a toxic relationship that a harmonious boundary cannot be established, but a boundary can, and you have to continue to move forward with that even when it's hard. And not to say that the relationship can't be reestablished later, but it's acknowledging what you and your soul need right now. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Harmonious Boundaries. We are here at the Orangutan Academy doing the best we can with what we got. And it's not always easy. A lot of the times it's fun, not always, but we are so glad that y'all are here listening to it and we hope it helps you. So thanks everyone.